0: Welcome to Effortless Swimming, the podcast for swimmers, triathletes and coaches. Join Australian swim coach Bretton Ford as he reveals the latest techniques and information to improve your swimming. Let's dive right in. Welcome back to the Effortless Swimming podcast. This is part two of a three-part series that I'm doing with the swim coach, Annie Jones, and this episode is on gear that you can use for swimming. So if you look in our pool bags, we're talking about what you'd find there and how we use it to improve technique, improve rhythm and feel for the water. So part two of the part three podcast here. First episode was on cues and analogies that you can use for faster swimming. So if you haven't listened to that, go back to the previous episode. But here we go. Here's part two. So now... um, gear or I guess accessories or swimming tools that um, you like to use for faster swimming so how about we just go through the I guess our our list of things that we keep in our swimming bag so what, what do you tend to keep in yours
1: so in my swimming bag I always try to make things fun so I have um a lot of Things that probably shouldn't belong in there, but I I do like the finis fulcrums, the forearm paddles, um, because so many people actually bend their wrist, losing surface area, trying to get the fingers down, or they just don't get in there their forearms. So I, I really like that, especially in warmup. I love a front snorkel. And the reason I like it is it actually gets people to lift their chest and they don't realize that's why they're swimming better when they put their snorkel on, but they're so worried about getting water in their snorkel. And then it also allows them to work and me to work on my stroke and actually lengthen my stroke without, you know, my breath getting in the way at altitude or lingering breathing Um, So I love a snorkel. I love um, a band. Um, My favorite fins are the DMC fins or the arena fins because they're made of silicone and they're heavy, so you can even pull with them. But they're great to work on like an arabesque or an upkick or a crossover kick. Um, I like my buoy, the Eenie buoy, because it's very versatile. It's durable. It's clean. You can um, have it light, which makes it very, very fast. Or you can fill it with water, which makes it seven pounds heavier. Or you can fill the bottom capsule, which actually opens up your psoas and keep the um, back one empty. Um, I usually always keep um, something in there that lightens up the workout. So whether it's like a kid's toy or just anything, because I think – People don't realize that um, friends and family are sometimes the best accessories you can have because here in Boulder, it gets very, very competitive. And some of the clubs here I call the Hunger Games because it's every different tri-group. So it's really important to find, you know, the people that resonate with you and bring out the best in you and actually lighten you up and allow you to enjoy it.
0: Yeah, that's, um, that's interesting, isn't it? I mean it's it's kind of that that thing where you you know success in sport is really about being in that sport for for a long time instead of having uh, you know the typical pool who who might achieve a lot of success by age sixteen, but they hate it so much because of all the pressure and um, and it's just that competitive that they quit at sixteen. And, and to me, you know, I don't. That's not success. Success is keeping in the sport for a lifetime and and enjoying it and continuing continuing to grow and develop. Um, with the, with some of the gear you mentioned, so the Fulcrum paddles, I I originally did not didn't like them at all because I I was using them uh i guess in the probably the way they're sort of designed where you put your hand through and then you've got to press up with your fingers to keep the pressure on but the way you like to use them is you sort of put your hand through it and then you grab the end with your with your hand so you're not sort of pressing pressing up with your hand and i think that yeah,
1: i like the people totally out of their hands
0: yeah and that's uh and that's that's a really good way to use, and that's something that we did when we were in Swim Labs uh, in Boulder a few weeks ago, and, and I really like that. So that's kind of changed my perspective with the, the fulcrums, which is uh, yeah, which, which I've enjoyed. And then, uh, as you mentioned, the, the Eni buoy is uh, hands down. I don't think there's a there's a better buoy out there than the the one that you designed. So if someone wants to get it's and it's, I mean, everyone uh, every time I give a swimmer. Um, Yeah, give that to a swimmer to use. They just they love it. It feels like it feels like rocket boosters. It sits you that high, and it kind of looks like rocket boosters as well. So it's um, that's that's my name for it. When I go to the pool, is is uh, put on the rocket boosters. And um, if someone wants to get themselves one of the eni buoys or or have a look uh, at them a bit more, where can they find out about them, or where can they find them online?
1: Um, we have a website and it's www.eneybuoy.com, and we do ship um, to Australia and they they last a long time and they're actually you know they're very durable and they're good for pre-season, mid-season tapering um, because you can really change the application of them. So they're even good. Um, when you take them down to your ankles uh, for different reasons, if you want to fill them or if you want them really high, you know, just to even change the body position there.
0: Yeah, it's uh, oh, they're just they're so much better than any of the other uh, buoys that that I've come across. So I mean, as a tri- if you're a triathlete and you love your pool boy, then get get one of these ones because you'll you'll love it twice as much. Um, another thing you mentioned is the, this, the front snorkel and, and I really like, uh, using the snorkel just to take the breath out of it and to be able to focus on, on the rest of the stroke. I, I find it's good for that. And I, I was actually sent a snorkel from a, a company, uh, and it's called the Amio power breather. Have you heard of them before? It's no,
1: how do, you, how do you spell it?
0: Um, it's Amio, so A M E O and then power breather. So it's. I think it's a relatively new snorkel designed by um, a company in Germany, and it instead of going uh, in front, it actually comes up along the side. So both sides of your face. It kind of encircles your, your face once sh- once you've got the the mouthpiece okay. in, and it and it kind of pops out of the water like um, kind of like alien antennas on each side. But the the difference with this one is that there's no. Uh, how to explain it? So it's got kind of got two valves. So you're always breathing in fresh air. So unlike the front snorkel, where how it's just the tube coming up out of the water, you, you're breathing in can breathe in old air. This is uh, it's got the two valve system, so it's it's always new air. But the one of the the most interesting things about it is it's it makes it that little bit harder to breathe. So kind of like those power breather um, handheld things that you can use to help um, develop your your. Uh, diaphragm strength this is sort of similar where it makes it that little bit harder to breathe and then there's some little um, caps you can add on to the end of the the snorkel uh, piece where it actually makes it harder again to breathe so you can kind of adjust the, the difficulty of it uh, but another good thing is that when you push off the wall when you turn and push off the snorkel doesn't sort of twist to the side like it can with the front snorkel so these uh, amio power breathers I, I absolutely love it so um, they haven't come to Australia yet. I think they're looking to launch, but they're definitely in the States and I think they might be about $150 for a snorkel. So in terms of price, they're a lot more expensive than the, the typical ones. But um, once you use it, it's, I think it's very hard to, to go back. So I think as, as someone who swims as much as, as you do, I think you'd, you'd enjoy using these Amio Power breather snorkels. So um, they're worth checking out on, online.
1: Oh, I'll look for them. Thank you.
0: And then uh, you also mentioned the DMC fins or the arena fins. And again, that's another, another thing kind of like your um, your buoy that I just wouldn't go, go back to another brand or another style because, uh, I mean, I've done a video on the DMC swim fins and and how they're so much better than any other ones we've used because there's some big swim companies out there who just use this really hard rubber with their fins and it's just terrible for your ankles and it's it makes your feet cramp and in terms of the propulsion that you get it's it's very different to what you would have normally when you're swimming so the dmc elite fins or the arena fins which are the same mold are um just 10 times better than than any other ones out there so again they're a little bit more expensive but um for, for what you get, it's it's worth spending the extra 20 or $30 and, on those fins.
1: And I always change the application of things. So sometimes I actually like pulling with those fins on because then those fins are heavy. Or I will actually teach people a crossover kick or a two-beat kick or a two-beat crossover or a four-beat kick or a four-beat crossover or a six-beat kick. So I found with the weight of those fins, it really heightens awareness, and it doesn't. They don't end up blistering. They don't end up struggling with that kind of bad rubber because I think they're made of silicone. So they they actually really work well not only in just you know different kind of kick sets like rotisserie kick drills, or but even teaching different kind of kicks. um, It's been. They've been really great to work with.
0: And how do you go about teaching those different kinds of kicks for people? What sort of what drills or exercises do you uh, get them to do to help become familiar with the different styles of kick?
1: Um, well, if I'm in swim labs, I can turn on the current and have them hold on to the side. But sometimes I'll show videos, and I found some videos of um, Duke Komonomoku, some old videos where they said he had a... Scissor kick, but when you look at it, it's a total ocean crossover kick where it looks like a propeller. One, the feet are going over, right over left, left over right, right over left. Um, but it, to me, it's like teaching dancing, and that's why swimming is a little hard because there's a lot going on. You have this pretty stable upper body, but then you have movement in the core and you have an up kick, and then to take it to a crossover kick, Um, I'll usually do very short, like 25s or even 12s and a half. So the crossover sometimes we'll do a partner pull where I'll manually in the back move their feet for um, up crossing each other. So I'll be holding onto their ankles and actually moving their feet when they're swimming just to feel that motion. And then we'll do you know a two beat kick they can time it with their arms the crossover we can usually with a two beat crossover time it with the breath so the toes actually fan over so it actually gives you better body position with your legs up because if one leg if one foot is going over with the toes going over the other foot it actually keeps your legs up with minimal minimal um energy, so you're not, so it is like a dance, you're not totally kicking, you're not pressing your chest down, you're actually kicking and fanning your feet, and so um, I think I had told you, it's not taught real often, but you can find online, um, like David Davies. From England, there's some underwater video of him where you actually can see it so that people can understand. Sometimes triathletes do a kick-kick and then spread their legs out, but then that's not really very hydrodynamic, and it's usually because their hip flexors are tight.
0: And you did a, a good article on this on the the OneVigor website where you you posted some videos of the the kick and, and that's I think it's really important that you're putting this stuff out there because your typical swimming you know education swimming coach doesn't know a lot about this sort of thing and and myself included you know I um, I come from that swimming background and um, no one's ever taught. The, the crossover kick, but when you, when you go open water and, and even in the pool with some swimmers, that crossover kick works, works best for them. So if, you, if you're asking them to try and change it, you're going to be making them slower. So that's why uh, I think it's really important that you put this stuff out there and, and show that there is another way for you to swim fast and by using examples of these, these faster swimmers um, who have got these different kicks or different timings and, and rhythms it's um it's it's really important and and that's what we saw when we were filming annabelle luxford as well she's got she's got a crossover kick and uh, she just uses it to to her advantage and she's one of the fastest triathlon swimmers out there
1: well and, and she really needs her legs later so it's a it's a phenomenal way to save your legs and not use much energy
0: yeah abs- absolutely and uh and when you're in a wetsuit too you know your body position is going to be sitting that little bit higher so a lot of the propulsion is going to come from the upper body, so taking the legs out of it is uh, is, a, is a good way to do it. Um, back to the back to the gear. The uh, one thing we didn't mention was uh, was a swim sponge, and that's something that I I don't recommend to all my swimmers, but for swimmers who are probably the top sort of. 30 to to 40 percent in their age group i'd give them some swim sets with a a swimming sponge and there's a company in australia called um, heart h-a-r-t and they make a really good sponge there's a small one and a large one Uh, and you can just it's got velcro and you can just attach it around your waist and it will drag behind you and the the large sponge is actually pretty big and that's a lot of uh, a lot of drag that's created so for most swimmers the smaller sponge is going to be the the one to go with but i find that's great just for developing strength and power and i'll i'll normally give my swimmers pool boy paddles and then the sponge behind them and you only need to go something like 10 50s with 15 20 seconds rest in between but it just adds that extra uh that extra bit of strength to your your workout when you're doing that so the the swim sponge is is excellent
1: and it- Part? H A R T.
0: Yeah, H A R T. Now, I, I, and, uh, huh? I was just going to say, I, I, I don't know if they ship to the states. They might, but it's um, yeah, they're not they're not as cheap as like, you've got the Finnish parachutes uh, that yeah. that are really cheap, but because these are sort of large there I think they're a bit more expensive but in terms of um good quality and something that they will that will last the heart sponges are, are excellent and they're actually um developed with uh, someone else who we've had on the podcast Wayne Goldsmith who's a um who's a, a swim coach and he's a great educator of swim coaches and he developed this sponge with with the company and uh and yeah a really good product
1: and one of the things that while we're talking about gear is I really like to change the application of gear. Like I know people do kick sets, pull sets, swim sets, you know, and, and people like the wetsuit pants. But I actually like doing things like pants on, pants off, buoy on, buoy off, paddles on, paddles off within a set because your body try it struggles to find that great feeling and that great position. And rather than become totally used to it, it, Really makes it adapt. Um, I've just, so for me personally, I like that because I love to pull, but I know that I feel so good when I pull that when I take it off, I really want to have that same cadence, that same tempo. I want to be really high in the water. So I like going back and forth a lot.
0: Yeah, and that's, uh, I, I like that too, do, in, in sets, just really mix it up and, and make the body. Force the body to to adapt to those different feelings, and yeah, I think, I mean, you know, as soon as you go from pool boy paddles to no gear whatsoever, the stroke just feels so much different, and usually the heart rate will will go up. And I think even when when I came and visited you, we we trained in the morning there, and I hadn't thought about us being at altitude, and I think we did two or three sets of this this main set, and the first one was with pool boy and paddles, the second one was with no gear. And as soon as we started that second set, my heart rate shot up and I really felt the altitude. I, I thought I was going to throw up for a, for a second there because it was, uh, yeah, the, it was just so much harder to do. So your body just has to, uh, has to really adjust and find that feel again when you take, take the gear off.
1: Yeah, no, that's a, I think that that's a good thing because then you also don't feel really attached to it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and the last – well, actually, two more things. I think um, the te- tempo trainer, so the finished tempo trainer is a um, good to a, a degree to help swimmers increase their, their stroke rate or, or hit a certain time. So you can – I mean, you can use the tempo trainer in two ways. One, you can use it to set your stroke rate or your cadence, uh, or you can set it to beep every, say, 35 seconds uh so that you know that when you're finishing your 50 or or your 100 it's it will beep at the the pace that you should be going at so there's two different uses for it and and that can be good especially for someone who has a very slow stroke rate so um, when we're in clinics um we
1: also use it in um running and cycling as well and also even kind of brain clearing before an event you know just focusing on the sound so i just feel like that has a lot of different applications
0: yeah and it's um uh, especially for that you know running cadence it's it, it's loud enough that you can sort of hear it or at least just listen to it at the start and then settle into that sort of rhythm later on and and in the next podcast the racing and, and rhythm one that's um that's you know something that that we can talk about as well is, is using the, the tempo trainer to, to set that, that rhythm in your head, kind of like finding a song that has the same sort of cadence and tempo that you want when you're, you're swimming and just using that to, um, to set the pace and then you can go out and hold it for the the rest of your, your race. And I I don't know about you, but I find our sort of rule of thumb is if your stroke rate's under 60, when you're racing, no matter what level you're at, it's, it's too slow. So we, our sort of rule of thumb is it's, it should always be over sixty strokes a minute when you're racing, no matter what level you're at.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Do you do you uh, um, do you do much stroke? Do you take much stroke rate when you're you're coaching? Do you look at that, or you're just you're more looking at technique when you're working in swim labs?
1: Well, I'll look at technique, but I also work. Um, you know, I watch a lot of videos on the computer you know, rather than go to trials, sometimes I'd rather watch it and and watch people's stroke rate change through a 1500. Um, I do have tempo trainers, you know, that people use um, during an event, but usually I just like that first setting and only to have it be one arm. So, you know, I've never counted that high (laughs) up to 60, but no, I, I do think that it's, here it ends up being the missing piece because so many coaches focus on distance per stroke. And yes, you want to get as much power and length as you can. But without without tempo, it's nothing.
0: Mm, absolutely. And uh, and the last thing is, is just goggles. So uh, I don't know about you, but every major race that I do, I'll usually use a new pair of goggles or one that's only been used two or three times at most because I just don't want them. Fogging up, and we can send a person to the moon, but we can't develop goggles that don't fog up. So I, I'm always, I'm always about getting new goggles or having goggles that use once or twice at most for every major race that I'm, I'm doing. What, what about you? How do you go with your goggles?
1: Um, I end up loaning out a lot of goggles, and I end up sometimes at races without any goggles. And so, luckily, <laughs> there's some enough. You know, people have um, vendors there, but there's some new companies coming out that I think um, are great. Um, Roka that's making wetsuits there in Boulder and Dallas, but they're actually making a lot of different size goggles because so much of it is is the fit of goggles. So, um, you know, I know some people like the Swedish goggles. I used to love Compi, but, you know, just to have goggles seal to me is really important in open water because the salt is actually very, you know, can be very annoying. So, um, yeah, I don't think people realize how pivotal goggles are. I actually, um, my eyelashes hit the end of my goggles a lot, so sometimes I have a lot of mascara in the end of my goggles, so I end up cleaning them, and sometimes those aren't the best fit if they're sitting that close to my eyes so I do think um, really testing goggles and then bringing extra goggles even in a race where you don't know what the conditions are going to be you don't know if it's going to be cloudy or if it's going to be sunny or if you're going to want polarized goggles so to really um, bring a few I think is a great idea
0: yeah yeah totally it's um pays to have two or three pairs in your in your swim bag and and be ready for like if it's you know, if it's overcast and it's cloudy, and you know that the sun's not going to get into your eyes, the the clear goggles just help you see that much that much easier. And I mean, yeah, it's just swimming straight is so important in open water that you can save so much time that way. That being able to see properly to be able to sight the um, the buoys or to be able to see that the pack in front, it's um, yeah, you know, it's it's just worth. Um, having a few different options there with your goggles because, uh, you know, if you can't see, if if you're needing to sort of stop, look up, take your time and then go again, it's, you can really cost yourself a lot of time and all that training and effort that goes into it um, on race day. It it means nothing if you can't see where you're going.
1: Oh, exactly. What do you think about the wetsuit shorts? They're huge here.
0: Yeah, and they're, um, I see a lot of um, triathletes who wear them in training and I, um, I don't. Know, I think it's. I don't. I don't mind swimmers wearing them. I think it. It can help them uh, to a certain extent engage their their core and their glutes a bit. It kind of helps them just um, keep just keep that switched on a bit, and it does sit them up that little bit higher. So especially if they're just doing wetsuit races, it um, it can sit them that little bit higher. Um, but I I still think it's important to be able to swim well without them. So um, Going from wearing them to to not wearing them another session um, is a i think the way to do it you don't want to become reliant on them every swim session. what about you? what are your thoughts
1: uh, i I agree totally
0: yeah it's because um, it like anything it can become a, a bit of a, a a crutch so you don't want to um become reliant on on any one thing to make you uh yeah, make you feel good when you're swimming so um that's well,
1: a good, Like, I want people to have awareness of that part of their body, but if they wear it enough, that part of their body almost shuts down and they don't get what I call the salsa hips because, you know, their hips are so high and easy. So I think sometimes wearing it and sometimes not is the way to go.
0: Mm, Yeah, definitely. And uh, that's a good place to leave it. So that's uh, the podcast on the swimming gear for faster swimming. And now, next week is the uh, Racing and Rhythm podcast, so we'll see you very soon. Thanks for joining us on the Effortless Swimming Podcast. To get transcriptions, bonus videos, and to be the first to hear about new episodes, go to swimmingpodcast.com.